John likes tech and lives in Indiana, you know. Kevin likes the Dodgers and talks on the radio. John plays games on Xbox and on his Nintendo. While Kevin runs around LA with his mustachio, it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. In your ear holes at last. They don't know they're Mars and Venus, that's why it's the Lack of Genius Podcast. John, good to see you, man. Hey, Kevin. Good to see you. This would be where, if we had the rights to it, I would play the uh, the Olympic theme song, but uh, we don't, <laughs> so we'll just have to all imagine it in our heads as we're also listening to the bed of my theme song. So it's a, it's a lot. There's a lot of music going on in our heads right now. Yeah, I mean, I do, do you know who wrote that? I don't. Who wrote it, John? It was John Williams for <laughs> the Olympics that were held in L.A. John. Knowledge bomb. Right off the bat with a knowledge bomb, John. <laughs> right off the bat. Okay, wait. John Williams, who it's ironically yep. we were just talking about, because John here does I, I would say you think he's overrated, right? Is that phrasing it fairly? Right. Um, yeah. You're yeah. not necessarily knocking his skill as a composer and a musician. You just think he's overrated. Right. But he wrote the Olympic theme for the, for the 84 games in L.A.? That's my understanding. Oh, that's great. That's great. I don't care if you're wrong or not. You dropped that with so much confidence. That's a, that's a knowledge bomb for life. Yeah. Well, you know, we are in we are in full swing of the Winter Olympics as of recording this. And even as, mm-hmm. as this comes out, we still have, I think, um, you know, another four or five days of Olympic, Winter Olympic uh, coverage mm-hmm. in Beijing. So just like we did with the Summer Games, John and I are quizzing each other on our favorite Winter Olympic sports. We are. And John, why don't you tell us what you're doing? Curling. Curling. What is your experience? What can you tell us about curling without spoiling a quiz? What what do we what do we need to get excited about? I have never curled, <laughs> but I want to. Yes. And it's I just enjoy watching it. It's fun. You know the the interesting thing about curling is it reminds me a lot of bocce ball, right? You know, you throw a white ball and you try to get the other balls closest to it and the opposite team can move your ball out of the way. And so that's one of the reasons I enjoy curling because I have the experience of bocce ball. It's they're obviously very different skill sets. But right. you know, you I have this understanding of the general, you know, idea behind the game. So it does make it enjoyable. And I would say curling is one of those, um, you know, it's kind of the butt of every joke for Winter Olympics. Like, how is this a sport? How are these Olympians? But man, I like that it's a skill-based thing. Mm-hmm. It's a very, yeah, it takes a lot of um, technique and skill. And it doesn't, you know, sports aren't always about just sheer athleticism. So right. I, I totally stand by curling being in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, and uh, the, the joke from four years ago when the U.S. men's team won gold, which was the first time they'd won gold. Wow. Uh, was that it was just, you know, a group of dads just decided to go out for the weekend and ended up at the Olympics. Uh, which is which is which is hilarious. It is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not that far off either. I mean, yeah. it's. But these guys do, as far as I know, probably play year round for the most part. It may not be as yeah. strict a training regimen as a as a downhill skier or, you know, someone who really needs to keep right. their bodies. I, I don't know how much you really need to keep your body in shape. But, you know, even same as like golf, you know, people underestimate mm-hmm. golf, but these people have to work out and get their muscles in the right. They got to tone the right muscles. So there's technique behind all of these things. Oh, yeah. That's funny. John, you're a dad. That means you could be a curler, I think. I think that's yeah. what we just. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, if there was a sport that I could even conceivably end up at the Olympics, <laughs> it's probably curling. You look like a curler. I don't even know what curl most curlers look like. You just have the look for it, though. Well, I, I mean, at least for U.S., most curlers are from, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah. So. 
Well, before, yeah, that you're right in the wheelhouse. Before we knew we were doing this episode, this was weeks ago, I was looking up uh, some of the Team USA people. And so I don't even remember their names at this point. But yeah, all of them were like from Minnesota, from Wisconsin, for, you know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm not surprised I'm not seeing anyone from San Diego, California on here, you know? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, so a lot of excitement about curling clearly. And I am doing mm-hmm. the sport of bobsled, which actually, as I, I'll, I'll right off the bat say that I, I believe the words bobsled and bobsleigh are interchangeable. Some some sources, they refer to it as bobsleigh. I think bobsleigh is maybe in place of bobsledding, which is the, a word that I use. So I'll probably use it interchangeably, but most commonly I, I say bobsled. And um, the reason it's my favorite sport is purely because of Cool Runnings, the 1993 movie, I believe, with John Candy and Leon and Dougie Doug and... This is not an exaggeration. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Anyways, Bob Sled is what I'm doing. And uh, I'm, dude, I'm super excited to do this. Me too. I will say we were uh, perfect last week. So we don't have anything to tidy up. So I say we just get right into quiz time. Yeah. Sounds good. It's time to take a quiz or two. Like a genius podcast doing this for you. You may fail, but it ain't no lie, baby. It's quiz time. Quiz to be tough. I just want to pass one because I failed enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby. It's quiz time. Oh, yeah. Time to learn about some snow stuff. Well, I guess really some ice stuff since both of our sports take place on ice, not snow. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully you'll do better than what the U.S. mixed doubles uh, curling team did and that they didn't get a medal this, this oh. year, but. Bummer. Mixed double. So this is two people, one male, one female, essentially. Uh, not essentially, yep. but... That's it, exactly. Good to know. Well, yeah, let's see if I can win the gold, uh, unlike our mixed doubles American team, unfortunately, and um, <laughs> see how I do with curling. Okay, you ready for the first question? Yeah, let's do it. In which century contains the first examples of curling? And, and by examples, in this case, there are a couple stones um, that are actually dated. Wow. So... Is it the 15th, 16th, 17th, or 18th centuries? Yeah, that's wild. What a good question because, you know, in some ways, at least what we see curling as, you think, okay, that's got to be relatively modern. But really, the idea is just pushing rocks along the ice. And for all I know, maybe it wasn't even first on ice. But, like, there's been ice and snow and rocks forever and <laughs> right so like this could that's my john knowledge bomb by the way there's been rocks and ice and snow forever um so this could be very early this could it could be the 15th century which is the earliest earliest choice we got 15th 16th 17th 18th by the way the 15th century is the 1400s yes. i just i always have to confirm that man i mean look any of these would be crazy early. The 18th century is the latest one. That's the 1700s. I'm just going to choose the earliest, though. I'm going to say the 15th century. I'm going to see if my mind is blowing. Uh, not quite that early. Not quite that early. Close. It's the 16th century. And I mean, it's actually fairly close to the 15th because the date uh, inscribed on the stone is 1511. Wow. So if they it was just, just missed. you know, 13 years earlier... <laughs> Dagnabbit. Then would have been right. That's amazing. So, and what foresight yeah. for these people to etch the date into it. You know, thank you yeah. for making our lives easier as historians. Yeah. I mean, and there's another stone from 1551. I think it's one of those stones. And 
the first football, and I believe that's meaning soccer ball, oh, are yeah. actually both held in the same art museum. No way. That's cool. It, but I'm guessing the first football slash soccer ball probably came later, right? Yeah, um, but I'm not sure how much later. Did you say where the stones were found, where they're from? The 1511 one, along with the 1551, were both found in an old pond in Dunblane, Scotland. Scotland, okay. I don't know if you had the same experience with curling, but there's, the history of it is, is it's hard to attribute it to one exact, like, person or place. Um, right. But that's pretty incredible, 1511. And yeah. for all we know, they were playing it before that. That's just the first examples of, of actual evidence. Right. Yeah. I mean, and Scotland was kind of the main, the main place. Uh, in general, it's the Scots that brought curling over to Canada. And, you know, it's a big thing in Minnesota, not just because it's cold there, mm -hmm. um, but because there was a large Scottish population in Minnesota. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't either until I was watching a four-part documentary on Peacock about cur the curling team. That's great, man. And I, I, I can only assume that back in 1511, they were wearing kilts as they were pushing these rocks on the ice. I, I, at least that's what I'm going to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, who knows? Well, uh, I missed the first one. I'm 0 for 1. We're going to get you started with bobsled. You ready? Yep. You get a true or false question right off the bat. And, uh, and uh, spoiler alert, I have sandwiched this quiz with true or false questions. So the first and the last oh. question are both true or false. I'm treating you well today. True <laughs> or false, John, the name bobsled comes from the name of the man who invented the bobsled. Is that true or is that false? I'm going with false. All right. Any reason behind it? Because I feel like it wasn't a guy named Bob that came up with the bobsled. <laughs> I don't know, John. I don't know. Let's see if you're right. Wait, wait. Sorry. I don't know why I just hit that. <laughs> I was hitting the... Just I was say. hitting it. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, it wasn't a man named Bob. And I realized I kind of spoiled that because I said it's hard to pinpoint it to one person. Do you, do you have any idea why they call it bobsled? Oh, um... Because you're bobbing back and forth? Basically, yeah. In, in fact, um, it's derived from, it's an action that early competitors adopted. So they would do it on purpose, actually. They would bob back and forth inside the sleds to increase the speed. So it was intentional, but ironically, you also, from the pure speed of it, are doing a lot of bobbing in general. And so quick history of bobsleds. It's credited to a group of wealthy tourists from Victorian Britain. Okay. So these wealthy tourists would go and they'd vacation in the winter in St. Moritz, Switzerland. So in Switzerland, and they were drawn to this place because of a dude named Casper Badrut, which is a great name. Casper Badrut. Thank you for existing with that name. He had a hotel where like <laughs> in the summer and in the spring, they'd get all kinds of tourists, but in the winter they wouldn't have any. So this dude Casper starts promoting it to these wealthy people, almost like early age uh, influencing, brings in these rich people and says, you can stay here for free in the winter if by the end of it, you can honestly say you didn't have a good time. And so he would bring them in, he would give them drinks and show them fun things to do and all this stuff. And they all had a blast and they'd go home and they'd tell all their rich friends and then they'd come the next season and do it. So, so really it was a smart thing. As the years went on, these, they started finding fun things to do. And somewhere along the lines, these tourists, I guess there were delivery sleds that boys would be on. And they decided to take these sleds and start just basically zooming through the town of St. Morris on these crazy <laughs> downhills to the point that they actually, they actually had so many collisions with pedestrians that they had to ban 
bobsledding in Saint, in public streets of St. Moritz. So then Casper Badruck goes and he builds in one of the off seasons, an actual run, which actually has been used in Olympic events. It's uh, I forget the name of it. I'll check it out later. But um, so then they started using that and, you know, technology increased all that stuff. So anyways, St. Moritz, Switzerland, vacationing and Casper Badrut. That's drop those names next time bobsled comes up and people will be very impressed with you. I'll try to remember those. Yes, yes. You'll drop a knowledge bomb in real life. A real-time John knowledge bomb. <laughs> All right, good job. You got it right. One for one, I'm 0 for 1. Let's, uh, let's see what happens next. So just like many articles of sports, you know, equipment, there is some variation in what's allowed. So the numbers on this are kind of the average. How heavy is the stone that is used? 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40, or 50 pounds? Ooh, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Man, 50 seems very heavy. I'm try- So what I'm trying to do right now is envision, you know, it's been a while since I've actually watched curling and I'm trying to envision the, the push off, sort of how much force are they putting into it? It could be 50 pounds. 50 feels a little heavy, 20 feels a little light. I'm going to be honest. It's also on ice though. Yeah, so, so you're saying because there's less friction, it's sliding easier, so you don't have to put as much force into it. I, I had an excellent ice skating adventure this this uh, this winter, and so I have some familiarity with ice fresh in my mind. Yeah, some of us just live with that during the winter. <laughs> we just go to downtown LA where they temporarily put it up. By the way, we talked to the Zamboni guy there, and he was telling yeah. me that they literally, so they Zamboni it, and then they literally have to just go and find a street uh, like a street that's not used and dump all the ice there because there's no other place to put it. So they just dump all this ice <laughs> in the middle of the streets of downtown LA. Well, not the middle, but probably in the gutter and a less used street. Fun fact. I 40 is popping out to me. I'm tempted to choose 50 because of, because you're like, well, remember it's on ice. I'm going to choose 40 pounds. I'm going to lock it in. All right. Woo. Yeah. It could be anywhere from 38 to 44. Okay. Pounds. So right in that range. Um, Yep. That's per the World Curling Federation, uh, which I think is what the Olympics kind of goes off of. I'm not positive on that. But an interesting thing about the curling stones is at, at least on the the high end level of things, you know, the Olympics and other high end tournaments, the stones come from one of two places. And that's it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. There's a place called Ailsa Craig, which is an island off of uh, the coast of Scotland. <laughs> and then there's the Tree Four Granite Quarry in Wales. Um, and they actually ha- are different colors. So you can actually, if you know what the colors are from where they are, you know, which place is which and colors, then you can actually say, you know, that's an, an Ailsa Craig stone versus uh, the other one. What, can you say those names again? El- Elza, like E-L-Z-A. How's that spelled? It's. Ailsa, A-I-L-S-A. I, I'm assuming that's that how that's pronounced. Probably means island, I would guess, right? I, Ailsa, Ailsa Craig. It probably. A, probably. And what's the other one? Tree Four Granite Quarry. Yeah, um, because both of those Wales. names have a certain like magical mystique to them. In a sort of fantasy world, it's like curling rocks only come from two places, the magical Isle of Craig and the <laughs> three, four, whatever of, of whatever. Like there's some magical property there that makes their, their rocks specially suited for, right. for curling. Are they called well, I mean, stones? Is that yeah, what the, they call them? In this yeah, the stone, uh, stones or rocks. Okay. Uh, here in North America, they're tend to, they tend to be called rocks. Okay. Outside of the U.S. and Canada, they're stones. Okay. And do you have any idea if, is there an advantage to having a lighter or heavier stone or it just comes down to personal preference and team preference kind of deal? 
It might just be preference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you have a lighter stone, you don't have to put as much effort behind it. Yeah. Um, but that could also mean that it'll curl a lot easier too. Yeah. And, and curling is just the is the rotation which causes it to curve. Got it. And that's why it's called um, curling. That is, mm-hmm. I've never put that together. So you, you might give it like a little push on the right side to make it spin whatever that counterclockwise. Yeah. And then it would curl in that way. Wow, John. Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much. I am seriously f- so fascinated by this. This is amazing. <laughs> and, and I asked the question about the head. I, I did not include a question about this, but the reason I asked is because, you know, bobsleds also have a weight limit. So you, I, I believe you could theoretically be as light as you want to be, but there's no advantage to being light. It, you basically want to get as close to the maximum weight as possible. Right. And the sled itself, they try to make light, but you can you actually can reinforce it with weights and you obviously want kind of heavier people because it's really, you're just trying to take advantage of gravity as much as possible. I mean, there's more to it. Than so it that. sounds like I would be perfect for that. You, you would, you could be a curler or a bobsledder. <laughs> yeah. You, I think you'd be a good brake man. I think we'd you'd put you in the back and just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Put me in the back because I can't jump that well. So I just kind of <laughs> got to slide in. You know, the other, the ironic thing though, is that the brake person literally jumps in and puts their head straight down. They, they're not looking up. They get down, as, but you're so tall that right. it would be so funny watching your team go because your head would be <laughs> Up, even though it's supposed to be down. <laughs> oh, that's too good. What a great visual. All right. I, uh, I'm grateful to get that one right. I'm one for two. You're one for one. Here's number two. I'm bobsledding. Which of the following countries has never competed in bobsled at the Winter Olympics? Is it American Samoa, Nigeria, Finland, or Jamaica? Well, I know Jamaica has, and pretty certain Finland has. I want to say American Samoa. Okay, just because it sounds like you narrowed it down between American Samoa and Nigeria, so just of those two. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like I've heard about Nigeria doing it, so I'm just going to go with American Samoa. All right, American Samoa, John, that is... Incorrect, and I did hit the correct button. Well, I hit the incorrect button, but it (laughs) happens to be the correct one in this instance. I was blown away by this, but it's Finland. Finland, for some really? reason, I know. I So I started putting this question together because I thought it was really interesting that, so yeah, you're right. Nigeria in 2018 made their debut. And I, I remember mm-hmm. hearing that. 94 was when American Samoa had a team. That's the only year they had one. So I don't, I don't know the full story behind that. And we all know that Jamaica famously came in in 1988 and they have been in every game except for 06 and 2010 because they didn't qualify, unfortunately, but they've had athletes at every game. So I was, I was very interested interested in these kind of random American Samoa and Nigeria being in, in bobsled. And so I was like, well, let me find a country that hasn't been in it. And I was looking for all the major ones, like, you know, just, uh, you know, Canada, Mex- even Mex- Mexico's had a team. And then I just thought, well, let me look at these Norway, Finland, and Finland has never had a team. I could, and I, I even <laughs> looked to try to find a reason why they didn't. I, I don't know. For some reason, it's just not part of their sports culture there. If Finland ever does get a team, you better believe I'm getting the movie rights and we're covering that thing because that's going <laughs> to that's <gonna> make headlines. <laughs> Go team Finland eventually, one of these years, maybe 2026. Yeah, maybe. Okay. What year was the first official event, medals event, for curling at the Olympics. Mm. 1924, 1932, 1998, or 2018? Oh my goodness, you've got a you've got a range here. 1924 and 32 would would 
to me jump out. But the fact that you have 98 and 2018 is like, wow, did they not start meddling? You know, I don't know if you deliberately worded this question in kind of an interesting way. First year medals, medal events, like was there non-medal curling events before? Yeah, so before normally an Olympics or two, before an event becomes an official sport at the Olympics, they'll do demonstrations. Like before snowboarding became an official event, there was a, a you know demonstrations for it beforehand, just so that way people, the Olympic committees and stuff can get an idea of what it would be like and, and so on, engage people's interest in it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I do not think it's 2018 because I feel like, I feel like curling has been sort of a, a, in the atmosphere for a long, for long. Yeah, it definitely has. 98 is technically possible, but I, I think I have to choose one of the early ones because the first evidence of the sport was in the, in the 1500s, 1511. So it would be crazy to think that it took an insane amount of time. Here's what I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I'm going to say, that 1924 is when they did the, the what'd you say, the tryout, the preliminaries, and 1932 is the first year that they had it as a medal event. That's what I'm going to choose. Oh. Wait. You're, you're both wrong <laughs> and right. It, 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 it's actually 1924. Okay. But up until 2002, uh-huh. you would have been kind of right and that, 1924 was what was considered to be the first demonstrations of the Winter Olympics as a whole. But it wasn't actual Winter Olympics yet. It was like a preview of Winter Olympics. Gotcha. And then in 2002, the Olympic Committee went back and said, no, that was the first Winter Olympics. Oh, God. However. <laughs> okay. Okay. So wow. 1924 is technically the first medal events for curling. Okay. However, until 2002, it was actually 1998 was when the first curling medals were done. 1932 was a demonstration event again that year. And 2018 actually was when mixed doubles became an official Olympic event. Got it. Got it. Wow. So this is the second Olympics with the mixed doubles, which is awesome. Yeah. Okay. So wait, so are you saying, I don't know if I followed that entirely, because are you saying basically from like 1932 to 98, there wasn't even curling in the games at all? Correct. It wow. wasn't an official event. Did, like in 1932, they did demonstrations for it again. Yeah. Uh, between There were f- four Canadian teams and four U.S. teams. Okay. Canada won that 12 games to four. Wow. Um, okay. Dominant. Yeah. No, Canada is a very dominant. Like it was almost a given that, you know, if Canada was in the tournament, Canada was going to win. Wow. Um, which is why it was such a big upset at the last Olympics when the U.S. team won. Yeah. Um, so US, USA winning that gold was a, was a major upset. It was like a big deal. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It, it really was, especially leading up, you know, the, the previous couple Olympics, the U.S. team had a horrible showing. In fact, the skip for the team, the captain, John Schuster, his last name became synonymous with horrible, like just bad. Oh, no. Like, yeah. Like on Twitter, it, it was... It got pretty bad. And and, and then, you know, him and the team turned it around at the last Winter Olympics and... He redeemed himself. Yeah, And the team. Okay. uh, So, so what happened? Did I get, do do I, did I get any of that? What was... You got it wrong. What was the, was the right answer 1998 then? No, the the right answer is 1924. (laughs) Oh, because they went back and changed it in history. Uh Uh-huh. Got it, got it, got it. But yeah, I mean, if we had recorded this 
21 years ago, <laughs> it would have been 98. Okay, maybe in the multiverse, maybe in some other <laughs> dimension, the Lack of Genius podcast <laughs> recorded this 21 years ago. Okay, so I missed it. I'm one for three. Ooh, I got some work to do. And you are one for two going into number three. Yep. Uh, another country one. So not including this year's games, which country has won the most Olympic medals in bobsled? Is it Switzerland, Canada, Germany, or... Jamaica. I want to go with either Switzerland or Germany, just mainly because of the engineering aspect to the bobsled. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Germany. No. Yeah. Germany. Germany, John? No. You locking it in? No, Switzerland. You're going to go with Switzerland? You got you, you can change yeah. your mind one more time if you want to. <laughs> you could change your mind two more nope, times for all I care. You're going to choose Switzerland? Yep. Locking it in. Mm -hmm. Switzerland is... Incorrect. You should have changed your mind one more time. It is Germany. <laughs> Germany is a powerhouse in bobsled. Now, Switzerland is the second most decorated. So you weren't far off. And in fact, in the movie Jamaica, Switzerland is more or less, spoiler alert, they're more or less, That's the, right. they're, they're, they're like the bad guys, but they right, eventually, the guys. they actually clap for them at the end when, uh, which, which by the way, that did the, in the movie, if you've only seen the movie and never seen the actual footage, you know, in the movie, they get up and they dramatically carry the bobsled across the finish line. They did not hoist it over their shoulders in real life. They, they did have that big spill, but they pushed it along, mm -hmm. the, along the car but that that scene gets me every time and if you if you've seen the movie and you know what i'm talking about when junior's dad shows up and he opens up his shirt and he's wearing a go jamaica <laughs> shirt i get teary-eyed every single time because he didn't want him to be there and then he, and none of that All was right. actually true but it <laughs> gets me every time so uh, yeah anyways back to the question germany is a powerhouse technically according to according to records they have the same amount of medals as Team USA, but their records bleed in with East Germany during the years that there was a split between Germany and East Germany. Right. And during those and, years. And that and that history is kind of what made me second guess it was yeah. you know, after the war. I know. And it's like now I feel kind of bad because if you're looking at the actual totals, Switzerland has more than Germany as an isolated nation. Right. Uh, but when you add in East Germany's, then then Germany has more. So I don't know. If we end up tying, I think I'll give you the win because you got half credit on that one. Because um, <laughs> it is a little bit tricky in that sense. But uh, yeah, Germany with East Germany has 38 total medals. Switzerland has 31. USA has 25. So those are the top three. Yeah. So there you go. I think that's all I got for that. Okay. You ready for a true or false? Yes. So true or false. Curling is also called chess on ice or the roaring game so it could be either like either one of those got it okay chess on ice is interesting because i would say that curling is like a chess match where you're probably placing your stone you're placing it in such a position that not only benefits you for potentially offense but can serve as defense or really you're probably choosing one or the other where you could just choose a choose a completely defensive method. In fact, it, it sort of reminds me of our cornhole episode where sometimes you just play defense and you pack up a bunch of bags in front of the hole so that uh, they have to, yeah, that's, oh man, this is totally chess because I'm sure they do the same thing in curling. The roaring game is interesting to me. I, I wouldn't know what that comes from. My guess would be maybe, maybe the stones make a roaring sound on the ice, if that's true. Um, this seems fairly specific. So I'm going to choose true. I'm just going to go with my kind of gut and, and common sense and say true here. Yes. Correct. 
Both of those are nicknames for curling, and you're and you're right on the the roaring game. Okay. They they add droplets of water to the surface, the play surface. Okay. Um, and so when the stones go over that, it creates a roaring sound. Fun. Um, I want to go search yeah. that. I want to go find and, that sound. Yeah, and you know, chess on ice. It, yeah, your your thinking is pretty much true. Um, it's kind of. Um, you know, I've played bocce ball. It's been a while. Uh-huh. Like with bocce ball, you only have like one ball, right? Per person. Uh, no, you have, you have, or can you have multiple? You, it, it's four, but you can play teams. It's like one white ball that, you, okay. and then you have four throws of each right. team or person to get closest. Okay. Yeah. So with curling, you've got just a long sheet of ice, uh, about 140 feet from end to end. And I think it's like 20 some feet wide. Um, and on each end you've got a series of concentric circles, a bullseye, essentially, okay. called the house. Okay. And, you know, you take you take turns going back and forth. Each team has, uh, I think it's it's four stones, I think. Yeah. And because there's four people on the team. Yeah. And so whoever has the hammer, whoever whichever team gets to throw the last stone has an obvious advantage. Yeah. Because you're basically going, whoever has the most stones closest to the center of the house gets points. And then it's however many stones are closest then. Then their next closest or then their closest, right? right? You know, say, you know, you and I are playing and I got one that's, you know, dead center in the house and then another one that's, that's the second closest stone. And then you've got the third closest. Mm-hmm. I would get two points yep. then. Okay. Uh, but if, you know, I had the closest and you had the second, then I would only get one point. Got it. Yeah. That's exactly like bocce ball actually. Yeah. Okay. And so there is a definite defensiveness to it. Bocce ball might be a little bit harder to do the, you know, the putting the curling on it, you know, because you're kind of throwing it, not necessarily rolling it or are you? You're also you, you can do either. Sometimes. Yeah, you can do either. The other yeah. tricky thing with bocce ball is that the white ball, the Polino can, the target can move. If it moves, then right. it's, it. you play it where it lies. So that's a little different than what right. curling does. Yeah, I mean, and with curling, you know, you, the stones can curl, and that's why you've got the the people in front of the stone sweeping because they're affecting how the ice is, and that affects what the stone does, whether it can speed it up, slow it down, wow. cause it to curl some more, and so then you've got the skip at the end, watching where the stone's going, figuring out, you know, like where they're wanting it to go, and you're hearing them yell out to the, you know, the broomers what to do. The skip is the one yelling out what to do. Because they're watching it happen. Now, does the skip actually do any physical, like Mm -hmm. they're just, or or are they just a shot caller? Uh, Both. I mean, they they both will call out, you know, what to do. They'll also, I think each person will throw one stone or slide the stone. So, you know, they rotate, but after the skip's turn, you'll sometimes hear him yelling while he's thrown. He'll be sliding along and the others are, are brushing. That's pretty amazing. And I like that each person goes because it's sort of, it, it makes mm-hmm. it a true team sport. You know, you're, you're basically only well, as strong as your weakest link to some extent, right? Exactly. And they have a set order that they go in. Some people are really good at getting it tucked in right behind another stone to act as a defensive thing. I see. And so then, you know, other people are good at just very precise, you know, shots on another stone to get it knocked out. So the order that they, they go in is also kind of pertinent as well. Well, it's amazing because it's, I mean, you could say it's like a relay race where you put your anchor at your fastest yeah. person yeah. at the end, but you also put someone strong at the start to get a good start. You know, there's, there's thought process mm-hmm. behind the order that you do things. And 
that's yeah. great. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people recognize the team, how much of a team sport curling really is. And that's pretty fascinating. Uh, all I know is I want to watch some curling right now. This is great. And I want to play, to be completely honest. I would love to go. You mentioned at the beginning something about how like it's popular and out like are there places in the Midwest or that where like people are just out on a lake like doing curling or is it really you have to go to like a proper uh, club for that? I, I'm sure there are places up further north than where I'm at, but in general, no, it, it's gyms. Um, I know up in Fort Wayne, I saw an ad for, you know, an ice rink up there that, you know, for like 20 bucks, you can go for a night and learn how to curl and stuff. Very cool, man. Very cool. All right. Well, um, I just went two for four on that. And I think you're one for three, right? Yeah, I think so. Unless you, yeah. unless we tie and then I'll give you the win. Uh, um, <laughs> number four on bobsled. What is the fastest a bobsled has been clocked at the Olympics? 84 miles per hour, 88 miles per hour, 94 miles per hour, 98 miles per hour. I have no idea, so I'm just going to go with 94. <laughs> it's funny because I'm looking at this now like, wow, I didn't even give him an obvious like no answer on this one. What was I was being mean. <laughs> You're going to choose 94? Yep. John, that is correct. You picked the right one. Good job. And I feel less bad about not giving you an out. I don't know why this is the case, but... There is no like hard, hard number of this is the absolute fastest a bobsled has ever gone. I, I could not find that. Everything said like reportedly the record is this. And I'm not, I don't know why that is. But according to what I, my research, it was actually Team USA's sled in the 2010 Winter Olympics that reportedly reached 152 kilometers per hour, which is 94.4 miles per hour, which is pretty gosh dang fast. Okay. That is. And that seems about right because most of my research showed that the average high speed is 93 miles per hour. That's like the, that's the fastest that they're known mm -hmm. to go, at least in competition. And again, reported world record. I, I could not find a verification on this, but um, multiple sources said this. 125 miles per hour is the fastest a bobsled has ever gone. Now, I don't believe this was in competition. I think this is just, right. we want to see how fast we can get this thing to go. Let's do everything right, get on it straight away and mm -hmm. see how fast we can get it. So I don't know where that was. Every every article that I linked to to try to find this was like no longer up. So that may be totally bogus. <laughs> um, but the, the bottom line for the purpose of learning about bobsleds is that 93 is about where you know, if you can imagine going that fast on a freeway, you're, uh, you know, that's what a bobsled is doing. And, you know, you were just talking about publicly being able to play curling. I did discover in my research that you can do what's called tourist bobsledding in certain places. I believe <laughs> I, in my very brief research on it, I think it's only in Canada, but there, there's probably places in, in the United States too. But you can go with a driver essentially, because really once you're in the bobsled, Yes, when you get to the professional level, you know, your your body movement is everything. But if you're right. just going, you really just need someone who knows how to drive to do the job and probably someone to pull mm -hmm. the brakes. So I think what they do is they put a driver in the front, a brake person in the back, and then you can go in a, in a pair in the middle. And I read this woman's blog about her experience doing it. And she <laughs> she started the article by saying that she asked the guy, Does any, has anyone ever peed? their pants while doing this. And he said, oh yes. And vomited as well. And, and she, she was asking as a joke, but then once she was sitting there, she was like, oh my God, am I going to pee my pants? During this? And the video is pretty hilarious. Cause it's, you know, obviously it's kind of shaky. She has a GoPro on the top mm -hmm. of her helmet, but the whole time you're hearing just like a, 
And what it is, is it's her, I, maybe it's her husband, whoever she was with, his helmet is, their helmets are constantly hitting because she said, you're going so fast, you have no control over your head or your body. Right. You're literally just at the mercy of G-force, essentially, or gravity. And and um, I was reading, I don't know a lot about Gs and G-force and all that kind of stuff, but you, mm -hmm. going at those speeds, your body is apparently five times heavier than it is. It's, it's Essentially, yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. So, um. I have a new goal in life of finding one of these tourist bobsled. That would be a dream come true. And I would carry a lucky egg just like Senka and Cool Runnings did. I, oh my God, it would be a dream come true. Well, I mean, they probably have these out in at places in, in California, but you know, down in Gatlinburg and stuff in Tennessee, they've got what are called mountain coasters, <laughs> which look like one man bobsleds in a way. Oh my gosh. Because it's just this kind of U-shaped concrete path and you just sit on this thing that has a, a hand lever brake yep. and you just basically just use the, the gravity of going down the mountain. <laughs> so, I mean, in, in a way, yeah. it's kind of like a bobsled, yep. but you don't have to have snow and ice. I actually know exactly what you're talking about. Big Bear, California has one of these and I, w I went on them with my siblings one time and I had a few drinks before, <laughs> which made me <laughs> a little bit loose on the brakes and I, I actually flew off the track or something. It's at the very end of a turn. I, I was like, all right, I'm going full speed in this one. And I, oh, I fell out. I was like, uh oh, they told me not to do that and I'm going to get in trouble now. Uh, yeah, those are crazy fun. I would highly recommend those. <laughs> All right. Good job, man. What a great guest. So we're both two for four going into the last question here. Yep. All right. Let's mm -hmm. do it. Which curler from the U.S. men's Olympic team was a flag bearer in the 2022 opening ceremony? Oh. And all, all four names here are the four people on the team. Okay. So. Okay. John Schuster. Okay. Matt Hamilton. Chris Plies. Or John Landsteiner. Well, this is hilarious because we've talked a little bit about them. And I know you initially mm -hmm. brought them up. I'm not going to choose it just yet, but my my leading guess has got to be John Schuster because he is the uh oh the caller person. <laughs> I already forgot the skip. name. The skip, yes, which I loved when I learned that that was the name of essentially the captain or the person calling things out. Well, th think skipper. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's why I liked it. I was like, oh man, that's great. Wow, he was a flag bearer. That's so cool. What an honor. Uh, I'm going to choose John Schuster. I feel like I have to, cause that's the only logic that I have. So I'm choosing John Schuster. All right. Yeah. He, he went kind of from being a pariah a few Olympics ago to being the, you know, one of the big guys. So redemption story. Everyone loves a redemption yeah. story. A comeback. John Schuster. I want, I want that name to become a household name and I'm glad we're doing our part to make that happen. Uh, so that puts me at three for five and if I'm holding true to what to my earlier statement, if you get this one right, we will have tied. But because of my kind of sketchy question, you'll get the win. So there's there's a lot on the line here. It's, it's this, is the, this is a rare win or lose situation here by what you get on this one, and it's a true or false. So odds are in your favor. True or false? There has never been a four woman bobsled event at the Olympics. Is that true or is that false? I am going to go with true. There's never been a four-woman bobsled event at the Olympics. You're saying that's a true statement. Yeah, and mainly because I know that there are there's at least one other sport, and I'm trying to think of the name of it at the moment. Uh, I, I believe the biathlon mm. that doesn't even have a women's. Oh, wow. Um, wow. So you're going to say that this kind so, of goes in line with that fact. Yep. All right. For the win, John. That is... Correct. 
you won the episode because of my shady question. <laughs> <laughs> um, congratulations. And yeah. Wait, th- no, it's the Nordic combined that I believe doesn't have the women's, the, not the biathlon. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. I think if I'm understanding correctly. Well, you know, regardless, you bring up a, a good point. And part of why I wanted to include this question was just to sort of bring awareness to this, uh, to this issue, quite frankly, of, of equality and whether, you know, enough strides have been made at equality within the Winter Olympics. It's a it's a touchy subject. But uh, yeah, this year actually is the first time that there is an even number of men and women bobsled events. So so in that sense, okay. it's like you could look at that on paper and say, okay, that's equality. So the men can compete in the four-man bobsled and the two-man bobsled. The women only have the choice of competing in the two-woman bobsled and the monobob. So as an individual they they are racing down in a bobsled. There is not a men's monobob sport. And a quick side note of when I first heard monobob, <laughs> I was I was envisioning like a person sitting like crisscross applesauce style with your legs crossed, you know, in like a little tiny sort of orb like thing and just going down with their little helmet coming out. It's not that. It looks like a bobsled, you know, it's 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 aerodynamic and pointing forward and there's mm-hmm. one person and in case of the Olympics, it's one woman pushing it just like anybody else and she does everything. She steers it, she breaks it, she does she does all of the above. So, yeah, you could look on paper that okay, well there are two events for men, there are two events for women, that's totally fair. And you could also even argue that by the rules, I don't know if this is just I think it's just for the four-man team. You can have a mixed team. You can have any number of females on that team. You could have four females on that team. But because weight is such a big part of the strategy, women are typically Mm -hmm. lighter than men. And so there has never been a woman in a four-man bobsled team. Again, on paper, you could argue, okay, well, yeah, you have you could have a four-woman team competing in bobsled, so we're giving them the opportunity. But when strategically it does not make sense to do that, when the competition is so high, the argument should and could be made, in my opinion, that there should be a four-woman bobsled event, you know? And I, I don't know right. what the red tape is to make that happen. I don't know how, what the difficulty is, but it doesn't really seem like true. In fact, I think there should be a men's mono, mono bob and a women's four. It should be three of each. I, I don't know how hard it is to make that happen. I'm sure it's much more complicated than that, but it's weird that this conversation even exists about allowing women right. to compete, well, and, you know? You know, and, and the whole argument of on average, men weigh more than women, that I c- might be kind of an outdated thinking as well. That, that is a good point. I get, you know, because obviously you also want athletic people to do this because part of the strategy right. of bobsled is pushing that sled and getting a good start. I, I don't have the numbers. So you're, you're right. That may be an outdated way of thinking. I don't have the numbers to show whether an athletic man versus an athletic woman is is any different in weight, you know? So Yeah, who, who knows? But I mean, at least on the Nordic combined. So Nordic combined is a mixture of cross-country skiing and ski jumping. Okay. Evidently why it hasn't been a allowed for women is ski jumping wasn't an Olympic event for women up until a couple Olympics ago. Yep. So since that's been added, there was actually an application put in for this Olympics for women to do Nordic combined, but it got turned down. But I guess the IOC is looking at it for the 2026. Well, that that would be great. Yeah, I, I don't remember when this quote was said. In fact, I don't have the exact quote, so I should be cautious with this. But there was some statement about why women weren't allowed to ski jump. And it was like, it 
didn't seem suitable for them or something along those lines. Like, and you know, it's just, it's just super fascinating that as much progress as we've made in the world, uh, how archaic some things still are. This, I believe that statement was many, many years ago though. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if there are people who still have those, who still have those thoughts. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just say this all to say like, there's a long way to go in a lot of things, but you better believe I'm going to be supporting the the women's mono Bob this year and hope that down the line, there can be a, there can be a little more equality and, not, it's not just bobsledding across the Olympics oh, yeah. and quite frankly, across the world. So, all right, John, well, we'll return next week. You know what we should do, John, is when I come out to visit you and we play hide and seek and I chop your wood and we go to the mm-hmm. d convention and we go to the troll hole in Canton, <laughs> Ohio, we should curl. We should go curling and maybe even find a bobsled place. We could try. Yeah, but let's, let's add curling for sure on that list. Okay. All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you're on social media, send John a happy birthday because his his birthday is right around the release of this episode. Happy birthday, John! I did I did send you a gift by Thank the you. way. Do you want to Do you want to shout me out for that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if what was it pre show last week? If you're if you listen to that, mentioned the the Star Trek com badge on on my mic stand. Yeah. And I mentioned how that there are Bluetooth ones, and so Kevin <laughs> went and got me a Bluetooth one. I got him so. a Bluetooth one, so you can actually do the thing where. You hit it and then you can talk yeah. to it. I'll I'll totally be the first to say that like there's not a lot of practicality to it. Like it's this little tiny speaker. It's not really the ideal oh, yeah. way for you to be communicating or listening to music. But the fact that you can I mean, do it as, as a for a phone for a phone call, I think it wouldn't be that bad. Okay. Music, it sounded horrible. I, I had a feeling, yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, I just figured as a collector that would be a fun gift for you to have, and we talked about it. So, anyways, I I feel very self-serving for making you shout me out for that. I, I that was that was. <laughs> a joke, but I did want to take the time to actually wish you a sincere happy birthday and and say how grateful I am for you in my life and that we get to do this podcast together, man. It's a blast. Thank you for the wishes and thank you for the present. And it, no, I, I'm, I'm happy that we're doing this. It's fun. Yeah. And uh, we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep doing it. And thank you to the listener who's doing this. We will be back next week. We're looking forward to it. Happy birthday, John. Thank you to listeners. And, and it's been great being here. It's the Lack of Genius Podcast in your ear holes at last they don't know they're mars from venus that's why it's the lack of genius podcast oh my god am i gonna pee my pants during this